You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. Why do the prayers just seem to bounce off the ceiling and God just seemingly is unresponsive? One of the things I'm learning in my life, in my walk with the Lord, is that God in His sovereignty will choose to remain silent so that I will learn to humbly depend completely and only upon Him. Have you ever found yourself wondering why it seems as though God is silent during the times you need Him most in your life? In today's message, Pastor J.D. will teach you that it's times like these that your faith and reliance upon God can grow the most. In his study, you'll learn the importance of humbly depending upon the Lord. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 74 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. All right, let's jump into this contemplation of Asaph. Verse 1, O God, why have you cast us off forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? Remember your congregation, which you have purchased of old, the tribe of your inheritance, which you have redeemed, this Mount Zion where you have dwelt. Lift up your feet, verse 3, to the perpetual desolations. The enemy has damaged everything in the sanctuary. Your enemies roar in the midst of your meeting place. They set up their banners for signs. They seem like men, verse 5, who lift up axes among the thick trees, and now They break down its carved work all at once with axes and hammers. You have set fire to your sanctuary. They have defiled the dwelling place of your name to the ground. They said in their hearts, let us destroy them altogether. They have burned up all the meeting places of God in the land. We do not see our signs. There is no longer any prophet nor is there any among us who knows how long. Oh God, how long will the adversary reproach? Will the enemy blaspheme your name forever? Can you just hear the cry of the psalmist's heart, Lord? How long are you going to allow this to continue? Do you not see what they did? Do you not care about what's happened? How long, Lord, are you going to let this go on? Verse 11, why do you withdraw your hand, even your right hand? The right hand speaks of strength. (laughs) This is kind of bold. Again, don't be too hard on him. He's just witnessed the unthinkable destruction of Jerusalem. He says this to God, pretty bold. 
speaking of his hand, take it out of your bosom and destroy them. It's almost as if he says, God, what are you waiting for? What's taking you so long? And then verse 12, kind of turns a little bit of a corner here, thankfully. Oh my goodness, (laughs) could you imagine if it got worse? He says, for God is my king from of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. You divided the sea by your strength. You broke the heads of the sea serpents in the waters. That's more like it, Asaph. Now we're talking. Verse 14, you broke the heads of Leviathan in pieces and gave him as food to the people inhabiting the wilderness. You broke open the fountain and the flood. You dried up mighty waters, rivers. The day is yours. The night also is yours. You have prepared the light and the sun. You, verse 17, have set all the borders of the earth You have made summer and winter. Remember this. Oh, I see where he's going with this. That the enemy has reproached, O Lord, and that a foolish people has blasphemed your name. Oh, do not deliver the life of your turtle dove to the wild beast. That's some pretty intense imagery. Do not forget the life of your poor forever. Have respect to the covenant, for the dark places of the earth are full of the haunts of cruelty. Oh, verse 21, do not let the oppressed return ashamed. Let the poor and needy praise your name. Arise, O God, plead your own cause. Remember how the foolish man reproaches you daily. Do not forget the voice of your enemies. In other words, don't let them get away with it. You're not going to let them get away with this, are you, Lord? The tumult of those who rise up against you increases continually. It's as if there's no end in sight. Certainly, God... You have remained silent. Why do you not act? Why do you not move your hand? Why do you not make haste to move your mighty hand as only you can? To me, this is why it is that Asaph is so troubled, even dismayed. It's what he sees and perceives as God's silence and inaction. Certainly God could do something about what they are doing effortlessly, in an instant, yet He doesn't. I suppose you could say that He's having a crisis of faith, and it's not for the reason that one might think. He knows full well what God is able to do. That's not his problem. That's not the crisis of faith that he's having. The crisis for him is that for some reason, God has deemed fit 
to remain silent and do nothing. And he's having a really hard time with this. Have you ever had that experience where you feel like your prayers are just bouncing off the ceiling? And the silence is deafening. Oh God, why don't you answer me? Don't you see what's going on? Why do you remain silent, oh God, in the face of this? Do you not care? That's what he's saying. Do you not care what's happening? Lord, do something. And don't delay. We're in trouble. And unless you do something and move your hand on our behalf, then this is how it ends. So here's a question. Why is it that God, in His sovereignty, will choose to remain silent? Why is it that God will allow someone like Asaph, this psalmist, this composer, this musician, this songwriter, if you prefer, who's having a crisis of faith, be inspired by the Holy Spirit to pen the words to a psalm that is so troublesome. Why is God allowing him to go through this and seemingly is doing nothing about this? Why is he silent? Why do the prayers just seem to bounce off the ceiling and God just seemingly is unresponsive? One of the things I'm learning in my life, in my walk with the Lord, is that God in His sovereignty will choose to remain silent so that I will learn to humbly depend completely and only upon Him. And in so doing, He's teaching me to trust Him when everything around me contradicts everything that I know to be true about Him. The circumstances of my life contradict the goodness of God. That's a crisis of faith. It's akin to the often asked question of questions of why is it that God allows evil to continue unchecked? Why does God allow bad things to happen? Why is it that This is happening. What is God doing? I don't understand. This was Job's problem, wasn't it? We just, probably one of the most fascinating studies. I know I say that about all of our studies through all the books of the Bible, but Job in particular was such a fascinating Bible study through that book. And you come to the end of this inexplicable evil that has visited this godly man. He was a godly man. 
This made absolutely no sense. And God is silent throughout the whole thing. Unresponsive. There's there's no answer from Him. In fact, with Job, and we haven't recorded, thankfully, this is his lament. He's crying out to God in this condition that he's in as he scrapes these boils that are itching to no end. He's lost everything. And he's also been on the receiving end of these so-called friends who should have remained silent. And as soon as they open their mouths, they, it's an understatement to say it this way, but they added insult to unspeakable injury, made matters so much worse. But Job just could not understand why it is that God was silent. Don't you see what's happening here, Lord? I don't understand what you're doing here, Lord. It's as if the Lord's saying in His silence, "Ah, trust me. Yeah, but God, everything is falling apart. I know. Trust me. Yeah, but Lord, I don't understand. I don't want you to lean on your own understanding anyway. Because if you didn't understand, wouldn't you lean on that understanding? And in leaning on your own understanding, would that also mean that you would not lean on me? Ah, yeah. Wouldn't that also mean Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? Oh, we know it well, we sing it, we memorize it, we have it up on our walls. Doesn't that also mean that I'm forced for lack of a better word, to trust in you with all of my heart. Yeah, that's the whole point. That's why this is happening. You're teaching me to trust you on a deeper level, a level that I would have never been able to learn had this not happened. Yeah, but it really hurts. It's very painful. I know. I know. Yeah, but Lord, you promised that you will never give us more than we can bear up under. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. We say it this way, God will never give you more than you can handle. Okay, but I don't think that, I mean, we're really close on this one. I mean, Lord, you think way too much of me if you think I'm able to handle this, because I don't think, if you take me one inch further on this, that, that's the breaking point for me. Don't you think God knows that? Don't you think God knows what your breaking point is better than you know what your breaking point is? I think of the when you're disciplining your children, it's kind of like, okay, 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 uncle, uncle. I can't take anymore. Oh, yes, you can. God knows what we're able to bear up under. You know, there's a a condition 
physiological medical condition. I don't know the clinical name for it, but basically it's this. You are unable to feel pain whatsoever. Now, at first you think to yourself, actually I would like to have that condition, (laughs) because I, I, I find myself wanting to numb the pain in my life. No, 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 no. Think about this. You can't feel pain. What happens if you cut yourself badly and you don't know it because there's no pain? How about this one? Worse yet, something internally. You know, the pain is the warning lights that something's wrong. Something's wrong. Alarm, alarm, pain, pain, something's gone wrong. Well, what happened? You get a headache, and it doesn't go away. Maybe that's the warning sign that there's something more serious going on. But what if you can't feel that pain? How are you going to know that there's a brain tumor? You don't feel that internal pain. How are you going to know that there's not something more serious going on in there? Pain is good. Pain is an indicator that something's wrong. Something's wrong. And if I don't experience that pain, then I'm not going to go to the great physician, as it were. When I don't experience pain and things are going so well in my life, isn't it true that the Lord is distant? Isn't it true that when I'm experiencing adversity, adversity strikes, I'm in pain, I'm struggling, I'm going through something very difficult, something I don't understand, doesn't that just drive me to the Lord? Maybe that's the whole purpose of it. Maybe this is the Lord's way of saying, you know, I can't get your attention any other way. I mean, when things are going good, it's kind of like your prayer life. Here's your prayer life when things are going good. Thank you, Lord. Bless me. Bless them. Bless this. Bless that. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Really? Now let adversity strike. Let pain hit. Oh, God! Like we just read in the Psalms. Oh, Lord! And the prayer becomes a cry. And then that cry is that which God hearkens unto when He hearkens unto the voice of our cry. So Asaph is in a very difficult position here. He's having a crisis of faith here in Psalm 74. Enter Psalm 75, verse 1. We're told that this is to the chief musician, set to do not destroy, again, a psalm of Asaph, a psalm. We give thanks to you, O God. Whoa. Is this the same guy? Yeah. This, is this the next psalm? Yeah. <laughs> what happened between Psalm 74 and 75? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Let's read on. 
We give thanks to you, O God, we give thanks, for your wondrous works declare that your name is near. When I choose the proper time, I will judge uprightly. Wait, did you hear that? When I choose the proper time. Oh, because it seems like it was a long time in Psalm 74, and now God's saying, when I choose the proper time. See, Psalm 74 wasn't the proper time. Psalm 75, now is the proper time, and I will judge uprightly. The earth, verse 3, and all its inhabitants are dissolved. I set up its pillars firmly, selah, again, stop, consider, meditate, pause. I said to the boastful, verse 4, do not deal boastfully, And to the wicked, do not lift up the horn. Do not lift up your horn on high. Do not speak with a stiff neck. For exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. Notice something absent from verse 6. No mention of the north. Wait, we got east, west, south. Where's the north? (laughs) Here's a thought. It's believed that God dwells on high northward. That's where exaltation comes from. He exalts the humble. He humbles the exalted. Exaltation comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. And here are my two favorite words in verse 7, and your two favorite words too, I think, right? But God. What do we know to be true about the power of those two words? But God, it changes everything. But God is the judge. He puts down one, and He exalts another. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup. Listen to this picture and and imagine this in your mind's eye. There is this cup in the hand of the Lord, and the wine is red. You don't want to drink from this, by the way, spoiler alert. (laughs) It is fully mixed, and he pours it out. Surely its dregs shall all the wicked of the earth drain and drink down. It's the cup of His judgment that they will drink deeply from. There's a lot to learn from the book of Psalms, and we're so glad you've joined us to sift through it all with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. The range of emotions expressed in the pages we've been studying give us an accurate and beautiful picture of our Heavenly Father, the almighty and loving Creator of the world. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to share how you can access more of these messages right now. Simply visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Listen to search through our archive of Pastor J.D.'s teachings. You can even take these messages with you on the go with our mobile app. 
Find a link to our app on our website or search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store. This will provide you with hours of insight into the Bible, helpful links, and access to the latest editions of Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new each weekend and will help you put world events into an eternal perspective. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are also available to watch on our YouTube channel, which you can access through our website. Again, that address is inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to God's Word today. We pray it's blessed and encouraged you greatly. Pastor J.D. will continue studying through the book of Psalms when you join us next time, right here on In Spirit and Truth.